Welcome to Epiphany with Tiffany, a podcast that explores the deeper meaning behind the clothes you wear and items you own and how to work with the energy of the cosmos to make powerful shifts in your life, home, and wardrobe. I'm your host, Tiffany. I'm a holistic life and style coach and personal stylist with a deep love for fashion and a firm believer of the life-changing power of energetics. Tune in each week for an illuminating discussion designed to shift your frequency and connect your environment to your soul. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have on a really, truly delightful and talented soul, Emily Burrs. Emily Burrs is a brand photographer based out of San Francisco, California. Her mission is to foster a space for creative collaboration that allows women entrepreneurs to achieve elevated and timeless photographs for them and their companies. I worked with Emily last year. She did the photography for my brand shoot. I used the images on my website, all over social media, email, newsletters, and even uh, the podcast cover art. Emily and I chat all about my experience working with her. Also, fun fact, she became a client of mine. I helped her with some personal styling earlier this year. And one thing about Emily that I really love is just how real she is. She's so authentic. She's so open. She has a lot of water in her chart. Well, we get into her astrology a little bit in this episode. And she really is such an intuitive and nurturing soul. And she brings that into her connections, the connections in her business with other people, her clients, the way she works. And I imagine in her personal life as well, she is just so deeply connected to spirit as well as to her craft, her creative gifts. It's really such an inspiring conversation because you really get to hear how Emily works, what her thought process is, how she keeps her creative fire going, how she approaches the photo shoots, how she approaches her daily routine and the rituals that really ground her and prepare her for her day. And also just some of the shadow sides of being an entrepreneur. Emily always brings the real talk and her heart to conversations. And I really appreciate our connection. I always learn so much from her and just love hearing her experiences, her story and how she shines in the world. Her photography is incredible. Please see my show notes for links to her website, emilyburrs.com. And you can also find her on social media and really encourage you if you're in the Bay Area and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get your images off the ground, your business off the ground, she is your go-to gal. She really knows her craft. And One thing that I will say about working with Emily that I think really sets her apart is that she really owns the way she works, who she works with. She always pulls in really aligned clients, I think, to her because she really stands so anchored in the confidence of her offerings and the gifts that she knows that she has. And that really just energetically draws the right people towards her. And so it's really such a learning to just really own who you are. Don't be worried about people not finding you or appreciating you. 
for your own gifts and offerings. The right people will find you the more that you can step up and be more authentic towards what you do. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have any questions for me or if you just wanted to drop me a line, got a lot out of the episode, you know I love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out on Instagram at Epiphany with Tiffany, or you can email me, Tiffany at epiphanywithtiffany.com. And now on to the interview with Emily Burrs. I saw you just got back from Maui. I feel like we need to start there. Where were you in Maui and who are you with? Okay. First of all, I want to move to Maui. Like, I feel like I'm destined to be an island girl. Um, I, I don't that think for that's you. going to happen. Yes. Thank you. Um, I was on a wellness retreat, so I actually got called in to work it. And, um, I also got to have the full experience. And so I'm definitely coming back like with a little bit of a glow and just like very relaxed. Glow up. I can totally see the tan. Love it. And what a perk it must be to be a photographer doing the work that you do. Do you get to do things like that all the time where you're getting invited to be a part of experiences as much as provide the photography and the capture of the events? Yeah. So I definitely will say before 2020, there was more of that. I feel post 2020, there's less of that kind of travel aspect. And I think the in-person events are just coming back full force in terms of what I do, which is work with a lot of wellness companies. Um, unlike, you know, the weddings, they're back in full force. and. Yeah, I absolutely love doing events, but I am pretty particular with them. Like I like to work with wellness companies specifically. Well, I think it's good to have a narrow focus because then only the aligned opportunities are going to come your way. And then it's not like you're trying to make it work and then frustrated on the side. It took me a really long time to figure that out with my own business where it was like, I only want the really aligned clients that I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to work really well with. And that's why like the discovery calls are so important and also just, um, only accepting aligned opportunities and being clear with what you want to accept. Those boundaries are actually really helpful to get you in alignment with what you want to work on. Totally. And I think it's a, it's a very normal part of the entrepreneurial journey to say yes to everything when you're first getting started, because you're also like, am I going to get any more work? Do people even like me? What do I like? And then as you start to get clearer and more experience under your belt, you can get really specific. And then I personally feel like the universe rewards you. Like every time you say no, I really believe there's just another yes coming in soon. Oh my God. It's so true because then they know exactly what they're working with. They know what to serve you. And they're like, okay, now we see what, what she is not liking. So we're going to try this angle and it gets more and more dialed in, but you do have to start broad and then narrow in over time. That totally makes sense. Well, just to back up a second, I want my listeners to get to know Emily just as a whole soul. Can we start with your primal triad and astrology? What is your sun, moon, and rising? And a bonus if you know your Venus. Oh, wow. Okay. So I love this so much. I'm going to have a full blown like geek out right now. Okay. So I am a hardcore Pisces. So that would be my sun, right? You, well, I know your chart because we work together. (laughs) And yes, so Pisces sun. 
Yes. So, and then it's a cancer moon, I believe. Your Libra moon. Okay. Libra moon. Cancer, cancer rising. rising. If, if I have the right information. <laughs> I, I think you do. And then I, I don't want to butcher this, but I do think my Venus rising could be Scorpio. Ooh, interesting. All I know is it's, pr- it's a lot of water. I was just going to say, I'm like, you have a lot of water in your chart in general and then water and air. So you have that, like, you do like to communicate and be out in the world and, and have a lot of ideas. Um, but you're not necessarily going to be the person that executes all the ideas. You might be like more of the idea person, but like the really typical creative. And then all of your water energy is what brings all of your intuitive qualities and the way you kind of flow. Like I know from working with you both when you're my photographer, as well as when you're my client, yeah. you are such a go with the flow type person. You do have structure because you have your business has to have structure, yeah. of course, but if it were up to you, would your day every day just be kind of like each day is different. Each day is an adventure, pick your own adventure kind of a situation. I feel so seen right now. <laughs> Like I absolutely would love that. And it's so funny because I tend to, well, just a little personal note in my romantic life, I almost always dated earth signs. And I think when I was younger, I like loved the grounded energy and I loved how like fixed they were because it was so opposite of what I am. Yes. I could see that. Yeah. And now I'm in a partnership with a Libra, which really works because I think like I understand kind of how his mind works, but what's so funny is he always says to me, he's like, you just, for lack of better word, I can come across chaotic. Cause he's like, how could you live your life that way? But that is really how I feel most natural. It's like, wake up. How do I feel? Act accordingly. Your emotional state is driving some of your decisions, how you want to feel. And when we worked together for your style, it was like, that was so much about how you pick your clothes. And I'm very, I have a lot of water in my chart as well. And I have my moon in Pisces. And so when I get dressed in the morning, if I'm not feeling good, that's going to be a completely different outfit than on the days that I'm feeling really ready and fired up and excited about the day. And when you can finally like embrace that, instead of just always trying to okay, I have to look a certain way each day, or I have to feel a structure every day for my day to be quote unquote successful. It's so freeing when you can embody how your true essence is and how you're actually meant to work and live and, and dress yourself, all of those things. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I definitely think you can tell how I'm feeling based on what I'm wearing. Yes. Yeah. Which on that note, I would love to hear about your day-to-day style and even maybe how it's evolved in the past few months. Yeah, I love that. Um, So when I came to work with you, um, as you know, I really wanted to tap into this kind of evolved and elevated version of myself. I felt like my wardrobe wasn't correctly or um, representing who I had become. And I'm still, since we worked together, which is now maybe about six months ago, yeah, I am still shedding and cleaning out my closet. Um, but I do love a very classic look, minimal, earth tones, 
when I am working and I'm in my photographer zone, I definitely do all black or shades of black. Um, and what else would I want to say? And I do like a pop of trendiness. So I, I like to stay current. I do appreciate and love trends, but if I get too trendy, I'm like, overwhelmed with myself. Like I'm like, okay, you've gone too far. It's too much. Yeah. I tend to stay kind of like California classic minimal with like just that pop of trendiness to stay relevant. And what I love something you shared once was you really appreciate a neutral color palette and it's so underrated, but if it's done really well, yeah, it can be the most beautiful, simple thing where just your essence shines more than the outfit. And I would also say though, what's kind of fun about your style is that you have a little bit of an edgy style, especially for dating, like your date night attire. Cause we did a couple date looks for you. And I feel like that's maybe if your Venus is in Scorpio, like you mentioned, maybe that's more where that comes into play. It's like, there's a little bit of that, like sex goddess underneath the surface that wants to be more spicy at night, but your daytime palette is really neutral if you're not working and, and very like creams and you also like green and you're wearing, I think you're wearing a green today. It looks so good with your blonde hair and your coloring. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You, date, yeah. Oh, Sorry. I was going to say the date night looks are so fun because I do love to bring that sex goddess energy through and that feminine energy through. And I'm still like, but don't look at me. And then I'll like throw on sneakers or something. You know what I mean? That is so Scorpio, Venus and Scorpio. Is Cause it? there's like a little bit of like secretive, like it's yeah. very underneath the radar. Like you get a little bit of a taste, but only the people that are really intimate with you are going to see the, all the yeah. excitement. Yeah. That's so fun. Good. That's mm-hmm. so fun. Um, and when you get dressed for the day, you're, you're mentioning that your emotions are kind of driving things. What about your day-to-day rituals in general? Do you have any, you know, morning routine, evening routine rituals that do help ground you? Or do you just kind of like to let every day come and, and go as it may please? Yeah. You know, there is this piece inside of me that wants to be the girl that does the same thing every day. And I actually really admire people who do that. Um, I have a little bit of structure in that, you know, I have to walk my dog. So I do that every morning, pretty much the same time, but there's like adventure within that. So I'll take a different route every single time, or I'll listen to a different podcast. Um, And then I do meditate daily. And I often do that in the morning as a way to set an intention for myself. And I love to pull cards. So I'll often ask what the universe wants me to know today. Um, And it's really cool because I often find that it's very in alignment with the rest of my day or, you know, my clients will be experiencing what kind of I asked what's going on today. It's like less about me and like kind of what do I need to know about my day? Um, and then other than that, I do just always plan a workout or some kind of movement and, you know, things like post on social, check my emails. So it might be a different time every day, but I try to do those things every day. So it's kind of boring to me. It doesn't sound boring because I feel like I went through this phase where my morning routine 
was like this elongated practice where it was like mm. two and a half hours every morning. And it got in the beginning, I was really enjoying it, but then it hit at this point where it was like exhausting. By the time my day started, I would get to work when I was working in offices still, or even when I was working for clients on my own, I was already tired because I'd had like this full day. And I think something about getting a dog really kicked me out of that mm. elongated routine because he's not going to wait that long. He will let me have my coffee and like chill out for a second. But then he's like, we're, we're going outside. And once, you know, we, you do the walk routine, you don't want to like start adding on all of these things. It just takes forever. So I love that you have a really simplified, but it sounds potent. And the meditation is something, oh, I wish I was better at that myself because I feel like that could really help calm a lot of my anxieties. Was meditation a practice that found you at what point in your routine or in your life did meditation find you? Cause I find it usually happens with some sort of spiritual awakening or even coming out of a rock bottom or something where you're like seeking a little bit more balance. Yeah. That's such a beautiful question. I, you know, there's certain things in life where people will tell you all the time, you should really try meditation. You should really try it, or you should read this book, or you should try this exercise. And you're almost like, no, there's like some rebellion in you where you're yes. like, no, um, don't tell and, me what to do. Yeah. Like that. No. And I would always read and hear about meditation and the benefits. And it was so hard for my mind to just understand, like how could sitting there with all these crazy thoughts lead to a happier life or a clearer vision? Or like, I just couldn't understand it. Yes. And then I went to yoga teacher training. I had just moved up from LA. I was very stressed out. I was actually quite depressed. I was just in this transitional period where I needed to make a change. And I learned how to properly, I put quotations around it because, you know, I'm sure there's a million different ways to do it. That's right for you. But the proper way to meditate, like sitting up tall and setting um, up your environment. And my teacher said to me, just give yourself three minutes of silence, shut your eyes, sit up tall and just breathe for three minutes every day. And I thought to myself, three minutes, I can do that. Yeah. You know, that's accessible. Putting, yeah. I've been putting this pressure on myself to sit there for like 30 minutes or 10 minutes. Right. And so I was like three minutes. Oh, that's easy. So I have this app. It's called insight timer. You can set the time you can set the little bell. And I just started doing that. And I slowly worked my way up to five minutes and 10 minutes. And I'll be honest, some days my thoughts are really wild and it's turbulent and it's full and other days I'm really at peace. And I think the practice is just the practice of sitting down and putting in that effort and letting go and seeing what comes up and not making meaning. And it sounds so much easier said than done, but you just have to start. That's like it. You just have to start. And I know I've gone in and out of my own practice and maybe it's just what works for me. But what I found is like my happy compromise is my yoga practice. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you can relate where I have so much nervous energy. I want to move my body and that, that process through connecting with my body, tuning into my body it gives me so much peace and it opens up so much space and it actually allow, like, I'm usually crying the first 10 minutes of most of my morning practices. And I'm not like 
in these like hardcore poses or like doing anything wild. It's more like stretching, but that's the time that like laying on the mat, the deep breathing, the stretching my body, like touching my body, like tuning in, like that's when the things start to like clear out, the tears come. And I realize that I'm like holding so much. And so that's why I tend to prioritize yoga over meditation, but you're inspiring me to maybe bring three minutes. Everyone has three minutes. How much time are we wasting scrolling on social media? I don't even, I don't even want to admit. Yeah. Don't even get me started with that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And I think the yoga is a really beautiful way to access a meditative state or whatever you want to call it. um, In that so much of it is that we live up in our mind. And when you can do yoga or even go for a walk, it allows you to get back into your body and feel your body and feel your breath. So if, if meditation sounds awful to you, I think yoga is a great place to start. I think walking, even running or just going out in nature can still bring up the same yeah. benefits. I think for some people, even like cooking, like chopping yes. or like organizing drawer, sock drawers, like it can, you can really make anything kind of a meditation when you think yeah. about it, but it's having that intention. And I love, I love that you have those intentional moments of pause with yourself. I think that's so beautiful. Let's get in a little bit to your backstory, your background, how you got into the work that you do. I mean, I was so drawn to you. I had couple of friends that I knew from the yoga community, um, that had worked with you, the images that you had done for them. I was just so in awe of you. And I was coming up with, um, you know, building my own website, coming out with my, my new brand and, and offerings. And I knew I needed a photographer, but it really spoke to me that you worked with entrepreneurs specifically, because I feel like again, speaking to like niche, like when you can get into like really understanding the specifics of what someone, where someone's coming from, it can just help you to connect. And I really wanted that connection point. So working entrepreneur to entrepreneur was like such a beautiful way to connect. And then the other thing that really drew me to you was that you were intentionally driven and like an intuitive because mm-hmm. anyone that is using their intuitive gifts just draws me. And I think that that is just so beautiful to layer that into your business. Um, walk us through your background, how you got into photography and then how you built it out to specialize in serving women entrepreneurs in the Bay area. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and also, I mean, so much of what you just said, same. I love finding women who are in a similar space and we can kind of share and speak that language. It just makes everything flow. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So I, let's see where to begin. I am from the Bay area. I have lived all over California because my dad moved us around a lot and I've always had a camera in my hands. Like I'm pretty sure my first camera was this Barbie camera and it it wasn't for Barbie. It was for, you know, us, but, um, it was digital. It was like the first thing and you'd have to use a cord and you could plug it into your, you know, compute your huge computer. And it took forever. And (laughs) I remember being like very young, six or seven years old, just loving this thing. And then 
all these different cameras came out as I was growing up. And then I took a film class in high school, which I just was obsessed with. And I remember telling my parents that that's what I wanted to do. It kind of gives me chills. And, you know, their generation, I'm just going to blame it on their generation, was like, that's more of a hobby. That's more of a passion. And it's going to be very hard for you to make money. Mind you, social media wasn't a thing yet when I expressed this to them. So they're thinking like a film photographer, you know, how is she going to do this? So I let it go. And I was always the girl with the camera. So in college, post-college, I was all, I took a digital camera with me everywhere before the iPhone. I take pictures of all my friends. I was never pictured. And I was always the one uploading them and tagging my friends, all of that. So I just like to share that part of the story in that it was always with me. And I also come from a family of scientists. So I went to school to become a pharmacist. So I always joke that if I was going to make a podcast, I would call it like from pharmacy to photography or something like that. Um, And I basically had this little mental breakdown. Like I don't want to be in the science world. That doesn't actually feel in alignment with me. So I went on to work for an athleisure company. And then I became a yoga teacher. I did social media. I tried all these different outlets that felt more in alignment with my core values. But what I think is so cool is I feel like I'm at this point in life where they have all come together. So um, maybe not the science as much. Maybe it is. I just can't see it. But my experience at this athleisure company, the business tools I learned from it, being a yoga teacher, tapping into my spirituality, and then doing social media, I've got such like an understanding of how that world works and the marketing and all of that. So I totally agree with you on that, where we're always so hard on ourselves. Like how, why did it take us so long to figure out what we wanted to do? And it's like, no, every step of the way, it's like, when you see what you're doing, it's like this blending of all of the things. And especially when you can tap into what lit you up as a kid. So knowing that you've loved photography from age six or seven, picking up a camera, and now that you're doing it as an adult, that must be for your soul, such a beautiful process for your soul to experience because you're truly just following your design, following what you were here to do. I think when were kids before we have been broken from the world, you know, in so many different ways. It's like, that's the purest form of like what we're probably meant to do, what our gifts are, how we're meant to shine in the world. So you were able to hold on to that. And I love that, um, you didn't let what your parents say stop you because I think a lot of us do. I, I think whenever I expressed to my family, you know, I had all these wild ideas of like moving to New York, having my own business. I used to tell people I owned Tiffany and company when I was a kid and I'd like mail them catalogs and, and they were just always like, Oh, you know, just wait, like you're, you're going to be doing something else. But my dad always like celebrated when I wanted to be a, a gold medalist gymnast. He's like, all right, let's get you there. Like he always could see the vision with me and never tried to knock it down. It was myself that was like really knocking down whatever those visions were. Um, but I love that you, that you tie that in. And I would say for the science part of your process now, there is science because you photography does have a science to it. When you think about it, like, even if it's, you're more in your creative energy and flowing, there is so much 
scale and structure and balance and process of like processing the images, editing them, and just the processes you've developed within your containers as well. So I just want to affirm that you are utilizing all of your background from my, from my perspective. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I think science can also be like, for me, part of the reason why I was always drawn to it is because I'm curious about the world around me. And I want to know why things are the way that they are and how they work. And so, yeah, I think that still lives within me. And, you know, for the record, my parents are very proud of me now. And I think that whenever parents kind of share their feelings, their opinions about these things, it's always coming from a place of love of like, there's, you know, they're scared of like, whoa, like oh, that yeah. could be a really hard choice. And the funniest thing is, is that yes, I'm in my, my Dharma and my passion and my soul work. And it's the hard path. It's, it's not necessarily the easy path, um, to do that. So I just want to talk, I just wanted to mention that because I think sometimes people are like, wow, it's so cool. You're in your passion. I'm like, it is. And it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What, what makes you say that? What feels hard? Well, you know, it's just like anything you love when you go to monetize it or create a job out of it, it will shift. So this could be even yoga you may love yoga your whole life. And then when you become a teacher, it's a whole new experience, um, creating a business out of it. So I think that for me, it's the challenges is the business aspect and Right now I'm doing it all by myself, which I know I could call in help and I'm doing it all by myself right now. And what I love is to be behind the camera and to hold the camera and to be in connection and in relationship with my clients and out in nature and on a mountain and shooting with the light. And like, that's when I, what I love, but there's all these other things that has to be done to make that moment possible. So it can be very emotional. That's a really good point. And I think often so overlooked and I even didn't appreciate how much effort that part of the starting my own business was going to be. I was just excited about the idea of having my own business and working with clients and all of that is wonderful. But when you think about all the time and energy you're spending on the back end stuff, the stuff that no one is seeing, the unpleasant things, the bookkeeping, the admin work, like the yeah. stuff where, you know, of course we could outsource, but when you are a small business owner and you're still up and coming, at least in the stage I'm in, you you don't want to outsource things if you technically can do it, but then you get to oh. those friction points where you're like, is this serving me? Because I'm actually burned out just from, not from working with clients, from all of the other stuff, which is actually making more work than the time I'm spending with my clients. And that can become this like heartbreaking realization. Yes, totally. And you know, one other thing that I don't think it's talked about a lot, but I kind of just realized this one recently this year is that A lot of times as a freelancer or an entrepreneur or small business, you put in the work every day. It's not for me. My experience is I'm not just going to the beach on days that I don't have work. I'm still putting in the work and it feels like you're working unpaid almost, even though you to put in that work will get you the paid jobs and then it's all worth it. But you know, a lot of days you're putting in the work and you're not necessarily seeing it at the end of the week financially. So I just think there's like kind of some misconceptions or you expectations of working for yourself. 
Yeah, that's definitely one of the shadow sides. I mean, I would say most days you're not seeing the ROI or the, the, you're like, wait, what did I just spend this whole day doing? Like, what am I getting in return? And you have to like, trust the process and and not look at it. So black and white, which is so hard to do because we're so trained to look at things that way. Um, but also like the other thing people don't talk about with entrepreneurship that I find really struggling. And I'm curious if you do as well is how isolating it can feel at times, which is another reason why working with you, I felt so drawn to you because it felt, it felt like you're, it feels like you're building this community where you're connecting entrepreneurs, you're opening up your own network and everyone else is an entrepreneur. And I think the more that we can be in community with one another, or even just work from a coffee shop together, we met a couple of times just to like, you know, pick each other's brains about our, each other's business and what we're up to, because it can feel so isolating day in and day out. I really miss working with a team a lot of the time, um, because I am a social person. I'm an extroverted introvert and I do love my alone time, but day in, day out, that can be one of the shadow sides for me. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been talking about that recently and, you know, I think when you're leaving a job and you're leaving a team, you're like, gosh, I just want to work for myself. How cool would it be to work from home? And then you start doing it and maybe like a pandemic hits and then maybe you do everything inside of your four walls. And when you leave your apartment, your space, and you go to the office, the, the energies are just different too. And I think when you're at an office space, it's very focused It's very, well, the goal would be it's focused and intentional. And then if you have an idea, you can say to a team member, Hey, I just thought of this. Like, can I run this by you and let it out? Whereas when you're at home, you're like, Hey, I have an idea. And then this internal battle happens of like, that's a stupid idea or wow, that's a brilliant idea. Or is it? And then, oh my gosh. And then that's where the isolation piece can come in where you're like, I don't know. No, a hundred percent. When you're running the ideas by yourself (laughs) and it just, you get in this like criticism loop and you pick things apart and it's just not serving your business any good. It's not serving you any good. And then by the end of the day, you're just like, why do I feel so emotionally drained? And that's some of the, I would say harder parts of entrepreneurship, even though there are so many privileges and gifts and the flexibility and and all of that, um, which I do adore. I don't even know if I could work in an office at this point (laughs) again, but you know, to your point, it sounds like you did photography before the pandemic and then a little bit during and then post what have been some of the shifts that you've noticed? Because I'm sure that's really changed how you've gotten clients, how you've worked. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's an awesome question. I, well, I've shifted a lot as a business owner too. So I think it's both that I've shifted. I think my clients have shifted. Um, pre pandemic, I was working a lot. I was pretty much saying yes to everyone. So I would do events, I do weddings, I do families, I do yogis, I do, I do anything. And then during 2020, when everything got shut down, I let go of teaching yoga, which is what I was doing. So I didn't want to do it on zoom. And then I was doing social media for a company I got furloughed from. And then with photography, that's person to person interaction. So, um, everything settled down for about three months. And in that time, I was like, aching for photography. I missed it so much. And I love shooting people. 
So I wasn't feeling called to like, you know, shoot, I don't know, landscape or product or anything. I missed my people and the connection. So I ended up taking an online course, which I felt like was a really popular thing, um, especially in 2020. Oh, yeah. And it gave me so much clarity. Like I'm going to give photography everything I've got. And I think what's really beautiful is though there were so many shifts happening, especially in the wellness community. And it was such like a scary and, and wild time. It forced a lot of people to get online, create online platforms, create the website they've been putting off. And therefore there was this realization and this call for photos and photography. So I created a business model kind of inspired by all of this to help women entrepreneurs who I was being particularly called to um, get them with, help them create a brand vision and then create strategy on how we would execute that so they could have photos for their website as well as social media. Um, and in, and I remember being so scared to like change my business model, put all my energy into women entrepreneurs, photography in general. I was like so much fear. And the moment I put it out, it was so well received. And I had such success that I was like, wow, this is where I'm meant to be. And I've been doing some tweaks here and there ever since, because as you know, and everyone knows, our world is continuing to evolve at a really fast pace and social and all of that. So yeah, I just try to evolve um, constantly, basically, with everyone else. I mean, that story gives me chills. Em. I mean, that's really inspiring because it's like you you took the container of like the time at home to really gain the clarity around what you wanted to focus your energy on, what you wanted your business to be about, who you wanted to serve. And like sometimes making that leap of faith of like, okay, this is what I think my gut is telling me, what my heart is leading me towards. Okay, I'm going to try it. But like this feels scary. It feels somewhat safer to cling to all the little yeah. things, even if they're not 100% aligned because you're like, well, it's money, it's business, it's experiences. But when you make that leap of faith where you are in full alignment and full trusting, it's amazing what opens up. And that just, I mean, that still is giving me chills right now. Like, like it's so exciting and inspiring. Um, thank you for sharing that. I am proud to say that I am now teamed up with a supplement company that I know and trust. Cured Nutrition is a premium provider of cannabinoid, functional mushroom, and adaptogen products designed to help you feel your best. Their product line features organic and squeaky clean ingredients. All products are non-GMO, gluten-free, made in the USA, and really easy to incorporate in your daily routine. I really love their raw CBD full-spectrum hemp oil, their Aura gut health supplement, and their Zen relaxation and sleep supplement for the evening time. So if you would like to try those out, coupon code epiphany will get you 10% off your first order. Enjoy. Let's talk about working together last year for my brand shoot. I did a full day brand shoot with you. I, like I mentioned earlier, was just launching my website. So I, I needed some images for my website and I knew I wanted to use them across, you know, all the major platforms, social media, email, and I didn't know I'd be using them for my podcast artwork, but that just shows the longevity of the images and how they can be used on such a multi 
multi-platforms and so many different uses. So cool. Um, when we worked together, it was during the pandemic. It was the second year of the pandemic. I had been living on my own and also working on my business during most of that time. And so I was doing a lot of the inner work as well, but it was also a dark time for me. Like, and I know for a lot of people, like the isolation, losing, you know, my, my work community, when I took the leap to go branch off on my own and then trying to build this new community that wasn't fully in place yet. And then losing a lot of my social circle with the lockdown and like just being in my head all the time, a lot of, um, my old behaviors and patterns crept back up. And so I was actually, when we started working together, I was really scared about the photo shoot because I knew I needed the images And, you know, my web designer was like, we need these images, but I was really trying to delay it. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be on the camera. I didn't want to get dressed, put clothes on. I'm like, here I am an energy stylist, a wardrobe stylist, not wanting to put clothes on, not wanting to get dressed. I mean, really I was struggling. My mental health was not in a great place. And I struggle with, I have a history of binge eating and emotional eating, um, you know, battles and that had crept up hardcore. So I just wasn't feeling good in my body. I wasn't wanting to be filmed or seen. And I was taking a lot of that anxiety into our photo shoot. And we had, I loved working with you because we had built out this like really cool concept. I had all of these ideas. You really took the ideas and ran with them and you helped me figure out the locations based on the vision that I had. I really was seeing the clothes as like, kind of like a costume because I wanted everything to be in my brand colors. I wanted them to be on theme for the business that I was building. So I was really approaching it from like, almost like dressing for a a TV show or a movie where it's, a, it's like a set design. That's just kind of the way I like to work. I rented some clothes because when we were working together, you were like, we should do a Pinterest board to generate some ideas. So much of the stuff that I work on with clients, which is so fun that you do that with, with your work. And you had showed me this like pink power suit. Cause we had like found this really cool backdrop. It would look good against. And So I was like renting clothes. And so I was excited, but I was also really scared and nervous. And I took all of that anxiety to the photo shoot. And I remember the day of the shoot. I don't know if you remember, but just like pretty early on in the shoot, we had a pretty full day of like going to different locations, going across the the bridge to different cities. And and like, cause we had all these ideas that were so exciting. And I just kind of had this meltdown where I was just like, I can't do this. I don't, I'm so uncomfortable right now. I don't like having my picture taken. Um, and I will never forget the amount of space that you held for me. You literally stopped everything. We were like, I had rented a, a like a peer space and time was running out. Like we were having to pack up all of the set. Like we had made this like wardrobe set and all this. And you didn't even care. You were just like, we need to sit down and you need to get this out. And you sat me down and I'm like this blubbering mess. And you just let me like, just blubber everything that was coming up for me, all of my emotions. I was able to just get them out and just share exactly how I felt. And 
you just sat there and held it. You held it for me. You helped, you helped me feel like I wasn't alone. You were so nurturing. I mean, maybe it's all of this water energy I can see in your chart. That does not surprise me now that I I know, but I just, you also just really checked in with me. Like we can stop here. We can, you gave me all the options. We can resume another day. Like, don't worry about it. You just really, cause I felt so bad having this meltdown too. It like so unprofessional and also just like ruining the vibe of the day. And actually that was the most beautiful part of the day. It wasn't captured on film, but mm-hmm. when I see those photos, mm-hmm. I can see the day before, like, or the half of the day before the meltdown and the half of the day after yeah. the meltdown, the images after the meltdown are so much better. Yeah. And it was because I got so much energy out and because I felt so comfortable, I felt so seen and held. And once I realized that I was held, I could actually show up as me, imperfect me who had been in a zone of struggling and all this stuff in the background, not wanting to be seen. Mm-hmm. And those images are my favorite images because it's like you were able to really hold me, but then extract the essence that you knew was in there. And it was like, I had to release some of that energy and that just, I'll never forget that. Just such, such a beautiful moment. Girl, Hard, but beautiful. So much. Yeah. I'm so glad that you shared this because, um, yeah, I'll never forget it either. And I think that I got a lot out of it in a different way that you did. Um, but I understand that's the thing is like, I also hate getting in front of the camera to the point where I like need to check myself, be like, don't project onto others. Um, but I'm so confident behind the camera and I'm so confident within myself. And I do feel so deeply. I have such big feelings and So yeah, like you said, I knew what was in there and there's only so much I can do. So I, you, you have to meet me there too. So I was like, you have to have this meltdown, like no shame, no judgment. Like you need to, and we can then continue on or we cannot. And I want my clients to love these photos and I want my clients to feel empowered and I know how scary it is to be seen and to be starting out as a business owner. And when you get in front of that camera, you're essentially stepping into your power and like, it's go time. Like, it's not just an idea anymore. Like you are now a professional stylist. Like we have proof of it, you know? So it can be this very scary, very emotional process. I've been through it myself. I had all the same emotions you did. I thought of your shoot when I was going through my own shoot and you kind of have to just check in with yourself. Like, what do I need right now? Like, what do I need? And yeah, I don't know. I I'm so grateful for that experience with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's so interesting to hear you say that as a photographer, how scared you are to have your own picture taken. That was just like, for me, being a stylist, it was, I had such a hard time styling my own photo shoot. And people think that's so silly because I style so many other people's photo shoots. No problem. Love to do it. One of my favorite things, but it's so interesting when the lens is turned towards you, it becomes more personal. And then like, to your point of it becomes real photographs are that real proof of this is happening. This is in existence. So it was like me 
saying that, okay, I'm stepping in to get my photos taken today is like bringing the brand to life. Those images are going to be speaking to my community, my future clients before I do. And like, there's a, it's loaded. And I think that that's what I wish I had spent a little bit more time thinking through that. And maybe this is something that comes up for you with other clients where what are some of the things you would recommend people do to help ground themselves before a photo shoot? It is hard those days because there's like so much happening. Yes. No. So that was the other thing I wanted to say too, was that from your experience, I learned so much of like, oh, wow, on my end, I need to really lay it all out on the line of like, here's what to expect. Here's what you can do. And here's what I'm going to do. And here's how we're going to communicate. And there's going to be feedback and transparency. So from that experience together, I was like, I'm going to set my clients up for success and make sure they understand all that is coming. And because we spent six hours together and now I've shifted a little bit. So I now offer a three hour half day shoot or a six hour full day shoot. So that also gives them choice of like how much they want to take on in one day. That was a learning for me as well. Like, wow, this is a lot. Um, And so, yeah, basically what I do a lot of times aside from the expectation setting and the mindset um, work is. I do get into relationship with my clients. I love the connection piece. I love to be hands-on and I love to be accessible. And I just want them to feel like I've got their back. And I think all the prep work we do in advance from the questionnaire to the Zoom planning call, like it's, you just know what to expect. So that way, when it's the day of, you can kind of relax a little bit. You know the direction we're going And I really aim to make it a fun experience. And I mean, just to clarify, we still had a blast that day. The the meltdown was like, it was that teachable moment. And it's, it's actually makes me feel a little bit better that it's mutual. Um, and, and that, that you were able to extract some learnings for your business. Like I'm honored to be that (laughs) that experience for you, but the the day as a whole is such a fun day. It's just so fast paced. And so I love that you are able to really share with your clients all the details. And I even thought when the intake form you had me fill out, I mean, beyond thorough, I was just like, Mm -hmm. she's really getting into the nitty gritty here for a reason. And you've also referred me as a stylist to some Mm -hmm. of your clients, because I know one of the things about, you know, getting your pictures taken. There's a lot to coordinate between the outfits. You want them to match your brand colors, your, the essence of your brand. If you're an entrepreneur and this is a brand shoot we're speaking to, um, and, and also you want to get your hair and makeup done. So it's like, how much can we put ourselves in the feminine energy receiving Mm -hmm. mode Mm -hmm. of like, let a stylist help you pick out the outfits, you know, have someone, um, that you can get your hair and makeup done with. So you're taking stuff off your plate. Like I really see the value in that investment. Now it might sound like an investment, like too much of an investment, but it really isn't because if you're a person like me who does kind of swing towards the more anxious, 
if I had taken all of that off of my plate, I bet I could have just focused on the breathing, the meditation that morning, maybe doing some, having time to do yoga that morning. And that probably would have made a world of difference. So that was such a huge learning for me. And when you have shared some clients with me and I've helped them with the photo shoot styling, that's why they want to work with you because they, they recognize that value and they want to be in receiving mode. Like really it's a celebration of getting your picture taken of what you're building, who you are like showing yourself off. And so I just love the idea of the more you can outsource the, the little things so that you can stay focused on you that day. Yeah, no, I love that. That's beautifully said. And um, I love that idea of leaning into the feminine during this experience, because I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to lean towards the masculine and the hustle and the fast pace. So for once in, exactly. your, in your business, can you just let yourself be, it gives me chills, like celebrated and seen and taken yeah. care of. And that's the thing is how often as women, especially do we let ourselves take up space? Like we care for others and we care for our clients and we are accommodating and we're flexible. And it's like, it's so rare that we step in and take up space. And that can be very scary and overwhelming. And it can be very celebratory and empowering and exciting. So, oh yes. And I would imagine those are the images that you can really see come to life. Cause like when we're like, I can think of the moments where I feel like I've been the most embodied in my feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I almost wish I had pictures of some of those moments. Cause like, I feel like those are the moments where the soul is activated on a whole different level. Yeah. So I love that. I also just kind of want to know, I mean, the pressure to get the money shot, every photo shoot for your clients, like that's gotta be a thing, right? It's like, you're always trying to get the money shot that, you know, is going to be the thing that they're sharing the most or the handful of images that they're sharing the most. Like, what is that pressure like? And and like what happens in your body when you know you've captured the money shot? This is the best interview I've ever had. I love this so much because this is like how I explain it to people. Like there's this feeling in my body. So I have this theory that the money shot is often the last photo of the entire photo shoot or like I'm a continuous shooter. So I take a lot of photos. So maybe like the last set and maybe it's not like exactly the last photo, but I, I have this theory because you know, after we work together for somewhere between three and six hours, we are in relationship. We're connected. We're you're in your power. I'm in my power. We're in like creative, you know, whatever. Um, I'm like losing my words here, but I actually don't feel too much pressure because I know we're going to get it. I trust we're going to get it. And oftentimes I know because like I'll get chills. There's like this buzzy electric feeling and I'll kind of like make this high pitch squeal. And then I'll show my client. And oftentimes it's like, we're done. That's a wrap. So there's a lot of trust involved. And I think just everything leading up to it, I'm like, I know we're going to get this. Like, it's just a matter of time. 
I love that. Well, and it makes so much sense that it's towards the end of the shoot when you, yeah. you've built that relationship that you're in the flow, you're in flow wow. state together. Like the energy is aligned. Sometimes it's a little bumpy or rocky at first, because I know for me, like I had my walls up. I, I was nervous. I had to get all of that nervous energy out. The meltdown definitely helped release some energy, but like towards the end, those are my favorite images. And I think that's like such a hot tip too, to like, even on the consult calls, tell your client, pick your favorite outfit for last or your favorite location for last, because those are probably going to be where the money shot happens. So I love that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of want to hear, is there any frustration that you experience in today's current social media age where everyone feels like they're a photographer Mm. and maybe they don't need to hire a professional photographer because they can just have their own photo shoot. Do you, is that something you ever wrestle with? And I can see all of the benefits of working with a photographer because you just can't get the right lighting. You can't get the right captures that you can on your own. Like, I think it's amazing that all of us do have these phone cameras and all of these things, but it's so different getting a professional image than an iPhone image, but it's, we're in that area right now where it feels like everyone thinks they're their own little professional photographer. Yeah. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. You know, it's funny because when you first asked, I was like, the the anger that first came up was actually just geared towards the algorithm and like social media, social media. Yes. The platforms. And it's less about like, I I think it's awesome that everyone thinks they're a photographer and like, (laughs) I want people to creatively express themselves. And I actually really celebrate that. Um, and also I just know the value in getting professional photos. I've seen the success of either my own my own photos of me or photos of others. And I just know how it really just energetically elevates your, your purpose and your presence in your business. So I don't get too frustrated. And this is where the confidence piece comes in. I'm like, it'll just be a matter of time. And all I can do is educate others on the value and kind of keep my eyes forward and, and keep sharing my work. And Yeah. I don't know. Let the the images speak for themselves. I mean, I think, and the confidence I love to hear because it's like, when you know what you're doing is unique, it's different. It's needed in this world. It has value. There's just full trust within yourself that the people are going to find you. And I really see that that's how you feel. And that's why your business I think is so freaking amazing and successful and why you have all these amazing clients. I think the images speak for themselves, the elevation, the difference. If I had made my own images, I probably still would have gotten a couple of cool shots, but they would speak volumes, the difference of having a professional image than, than not. And I think you can even see when you visit people's websites, when you're, you know, we're all, trying to get people to trust us without really having the relationship yet. When you're trying to bring in new clients, that professional photography, that's one of the selling pieces. Like, and so it is such an important part of your marketing arsenal, your collateral, but also just, it shows that you're taking it seriously. If you're willing to invest in the, the brand shoot, getting the professional images. And then of course, if the coloring and the, and all of the stuff is cohesive amongst your brand colors, 
that just, that's going to make your website stand out. It's going to make your presence on social media stand out. And you can really tell the difference. Yeah. And you know, the reality is that's the world we're living in. If we're, if we're in a new city and we need to pick out a dentist and there's six dentists, the world we live in is let me go check the Instagram and see what the office looks like. See what the dentist looks like. It's the resume. Yeah. So I mean, that can apply for any business at all, even a restaurant or, you know, therapy, like that can apply anywhere. We're such visual creatures. Yeah. I mean, even if you're working for corporate jobs and you're on the, like a job hunt, you still really need some cool images on your social because you know that the hiring managers are going there first. Like they just are, even if it's not on your resume. I mean, it's just, that is the world we live in for good or for bad. Yeah. I want to, uh, pick your brain on how you keep your creative fire going because working as a creative, it can be the most freeing, fun work. And when everything comes together, so magical and just on fire, but there's ultimately going to be bumps in the road and points and periods and seasons where you're feeling burnt out, where your creative fire is not there. What do you do if that happens? How do you keep the creative fire alive? Because you are working around, you know, you do take um, time off, but you are working most of the year. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. So, and I don't know if this is my chart, but I do think there's a lot of value in going with the flow in terms of the energy of the season. And um, so basically what I'm trying to say is, is same with creativity of like not going against the grain. So I know this about myself in the winter seasons, I want to hibernate. I don't really feel that creative. So I don't do anything. I just let myself do nothing. And I hibernate and I read books or I watch movies or I sleep or whatever. Um, And so there's that of kind of learning that about yourself and how you flow. And then, then you can start to predict too. Like for me, August is my slow month. So it's like, okay, if August is my slow month, do I want to let myself rest or do I want to be proactive knowing that fall is really busy? Um, And I would like to mention the book, The Artist Way. So if you're a creative and you haven't read this book, I highly recommend it. It's, it ties in how creativity is so spiritual. And one of my main takeaways from it is that you can block yourself from tapping into your creativity. So what I know is like, even if I'm eating terribly, that's my biggest creative block. When I'm eating healthy and moving my body and getting out in nature, I feel creative, which is why a lot of times with my yoga or my photo shoots, I'm like, let's end at the beach or let's end because I know being out in nature, it will just come. Um, So there's a lot of that. I, and the rest is just a lot of intuition and listening. Like I don't really, I think I take in everything around me and I'm definitely an observer and a storyteller, but I'm not like reading books or anything like that. Like I'm just listening to my body and living my life. You know, I think that intuitive insight is so that's like 
such a juicy nugget right there because it's like, no, just like learning about ourselves and like knowing ahead of time. And sometimes it takes a couple of years of having your business to like understand the flow, but like, yeah, I'm going to be wanting to hibernate in the winter. So I'm going to, you know, block my calendar off a little bit more to create that space for rest, not trying to push through it. It's like the more we resist, it just gets worse. And then, you know, maybe in August, if you know, preemptively, it's going to be a slow month. That's when you go to Maui. That's when you book those vacations, those play trips for filling your own soul cup, as you like to say, which I love that, that, um, phrase, because that's how you're going to be better to show up for the fall, for the busy season to come. And then, you know, I think it often overlooked, but it creeps up with me too. If my sleep diet, how much, you know, I'm consuming, whether that's alcohol, social media, whatever, those are all dimming my fire. So to keep my creative fire going, I completely agree with the spirituality piece. It is like, it's like keeping your channel clear, keeping yourself energetically clear. I do a lot of energy clearing and cleansing. All of that really helps that sleep hygiene, the diet hygiene, I mean, you have to have balance with all of those things, but you do notice a big difference in how you're able to perform because your days, not only are they creative, but they're physical. You're on your feet for six, eight, 10 hours at a time. Like you have to be really in a good physical state to be able to even withstand those shoots. Yeah, totally. And you know, just in general too, with the social media piece and taking that in, um, social media is so interesting because it can be a source of creative inspiration. And that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like, there's all these users, there's all these different perspectives, all these different things, and it can be a block. So I feel like just with anything that you're doing, it's like monitoring and like making sure you're giving yourself space to do nothing. You're giving yourself space to play. You're giving yourself space to try things. It's just, yeah, I think it's just that inner knowing and and making sure you follow it so you don't dim that fire. Yeah, it's like you have to instill self-discipline. It's hard, but it's so needed. And something one of my mentors told me once about, you know, if you're trying to show up on social media and create content, create before you consume. Don't show up that morning and consume social media for an hour or two, and then try and make your reel or whatever it is you're trying to do, because you're going to have all of that consumption in your head. And it's going to probably, you know, you're going to talk yourself out of it. The inner critic comes out the comparison analysis, but if you don't engage and you create first, then you can consume and it doesn't have as much, it's not as loaded. It doesn't have as much power because you got the creative energy. You're in charge of it first. So mm. that's been a practice I've been trying to, Love it. to embody because it, it, I have noticed a huge difference with how, how clear my ideas are able to come in without feeling like, oh wait, I thought I thought of this on my own. And then you see someone else has already taken it and run with it. And then you just want to give up. Yeah, totally. And okay. So this just made me think of one other thing too. What? I think another good source of creativity and like flow is this idea around, um, community versus competition. So actually calling in for me, other photographers and, and working with other photographers, meeting with other photographers, shooting with other photographers, because I think that that abundance mindset, the community mindset, you, you, you do just cultivate more creativity. 
um, versus trying to like push away. But anyways, the whole social media, like that kind of brought that up. No, I think that that's so valuable. I think people are scared to be in connection with like-minded people in their industries because they're worried that it's like this competition thing. And I completely agree with you where it's like, no, that community building, we all have our own unique twist on things. We're our own dynamic, unique human beings. And people are, the right people are going to see the right people that they need to see. And I think the more we can look out the work that we do, even if it's in the same category as this like collective offering to help all the people, that's the mindset and the love that all of our work should come from, in my opinion, because that's just going to lift the collective as a whole, rather than just worrying about your piece of the pie. And you're going to get inspiration. Like we can learn so much from other people. And especially as entrepreneurs where you are siloed so much by yourself, that's like so, so much even more important to like build that community. So I love that, that you see things that way and that you are trying to build that in your own um, business and in the way that you work, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and what are some of the current offerings that you have that you're really excited about for the rest of the year? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, you can just head straight to my Instagram. Um, that's where I do. A, I spend a lot of my time. I communicate a lot with clients. Um, so that's my first name, dot my last name, Emily.Burs. And in terms of packages, I recently launched three. I was I had a signature package that I had been working with and I decided to create some options and flexibility. I know I love options. So I now have a half day shoot. That's a three hour shoot. I have a full day shoot that's six hours. And then I have this year long membership where you'll receive 10 hours. And this one I'm super excited about for the entrepreneur or small business owner that really is so ready to show up online and do it in a really consistent and cohesive way. Um, So you would get 10 hours out of that and you can kind of allocate it the way that you want to. So um, those are my packages. That's amazing. And that's like throughout the whole year. So it's like, you don't get, because that's the thing with images is I've used all of mine that you created for, I had a good life with them a year, but I'm ready for another brand shoot. So if you ever come down to LA, we need to talk, but, um, I definitely, you do get hit a point where you're like, okay, I need to fresh up new outfits, new energy. So having that year container, I could see being really valuable. I love that you're offering that now. And I also love that you're offering the half day shoot, like the little three hour minis that, that speaks to me. So I've heard fun. everyone loud and clear. Those six hour <laughs> days are long, but you know, some people buy that. Some people, them, so. everyone's different. Everyone's Girl. built differently for, for yeah. the shoots. Oh, that's so, and I love your new website. The, the rebrand looks great. Your professional yeah. images are incredible. Yeah. That must've been yeah. a whole thing. So they turned out absolutely stunning. Thank you so much for coming on, Emily. I just always feel so connected to you. I love our conversations. It always just feels just so connected, so free flowing and your energy just really vibes well with my energy. I think we're that air to water. It's just, it's really nice. And I just thank you for everything that you do, the way you shine in the world. Your gifts are just so amazing and lift so many women up in the world. So thank you for for your gifts. Thank you so much for having me and feelings are mutual, my friend.